and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, let's give God some praise for his word. Amen. Good to see you. Thanks for being here. You can be seated. All right. We've been talking about a series called God is Able. Amen. And uh, so God has the ability to help us traverse, you know, sometimes some rough and rocky territory. Amen, somebody. Anybody have some rough spots every now and then? Some obstacles to overcome? Some pitfalls uh, to be delivered from? Or some, some, sometimes we even feel trapped and ensnared. Amen? So, so do we have to come out from, you know, maybe some persecution or some uh, rejection? Well, well, God gives us a formula for doing that. And, uh, and he's, uh, he's blessed us uh, with this, this word, this Rima word that's alive. It's a right now word that's relevant and contemporary, that's, that's, uh, that's here for us right now. Amen? And he wants us to engage in the word, to, to, to relate to it, to, uh, to connect with it, to believe it, and to apply it to our lives. Amen? Y'all with me today? So, so God wants us to be engaged. The question is, do we consistently do what we need to do in order to be prosperous, successful, to achieve? Amen. Do we maintain focus and resolve in the midst of sometimes incredible difficulties? Amen. Or does it derail us? Does it take us off task? when the vicissitudes of life hit, when the tough spots in life occur? You know, are we paralyzed by it? Or can we be catapulted by it? Amen. Can it be a springboard to, to even better? You know, sometimes we can get stuck in the past. And uh, the past is one of those things you can't do, you can do absolutely nothing about. You know that, right? The past is the past. Amen. Amen. You can't revisit. You can't time travel and go back to the past. You can't change the past. It's a done deal. It's done. Amen. So why f be fretful and fearful and worried and anxious, you know, about the past? Amen. Too often we're not healed up from the past. So... The Apostle Paul gives a challenge. He said, but, but one thing I do. He says, I know how to do this well. Yeah, amen. I, I know how to, to move on from the past. Amen. And those who can more quickly and swiftly move on from the past, they can be more productive in the present and in the future. Because they're not bogged down by the past. The past can grab you by the heels and hold on tight. Amen, somebody. That's not what God says for us to do. He says, I'm forgetting what lies behind. He says, I've learned how to not push to keep pushing the replay button. I've learned how to divorce myself from the past and move forward. Yeah, it informs me, but, I, but it doesn't dominate me. It, yeah, I, I, I gleam lessons from the past, but I'm, I'm not stuck there. Amen? I, 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 I can be ministered to and given some, even some, you know, some uh, prodding to, to go to the left or the right because of former experiences. But, but I'm not bitter as a result of it. I'm not resentful as a result for it, for, from it. I don't have malice, hatred, or envy in my heart because of it. Amen, somebody. I've been set free from that by the power of the Spirit of God. And he says, I'm straining forward to what lies ahead. Amen. I press on toward the goal of the prize. So the prize is in the future, amen? And the, and, and the means by which we get to the prize is how we act in the present, how we behave in the present, how we think in the present, amen? So, uh, so we, we get caught up in, 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 in various things, well, you know, that prevent us from being able to work hard or 
respond positively uh, to uh, failure or adversity. Amen, somebody. But it's crucial that we connect with God and that we acquire the resolve to stay strong, to, to evidence stamina. You know, the, the old adage would be willpower. Amen. To, to, to push through, praise God, to have the determination needed to be fulfill God's purpose in your life. Amen, somebody. So, how do we stick to achieving our goals when we reach a place of stall, when it seems like we're hovering? Amen. Paul says you got to press. Amen. You know, for those who play basketball, when you when you when you pressing, when you got to press on, that that's that that's the expense the expending of a lot of energy to just kind of trap this situation, push through it. With those who play football, press, that's on the line, and you're looking for the gap. You're looking for the gap on the de defensive end to break through to get to the quarterback. You're looking for the gaps on the offensive end to break through the line, to break through for the touchdown. Amen. I, I got to press. I got to look for the openings. Praise God. I can't, I can't be obsessed about the blocks, the blockages, the obstacles. Amen. I got to find the gap. Amen. And God can lead you to that gap if we stay vigilant, if we stay dedicated, if we stay determined, if we uh, obtain through the power of God this power to stick to it, to stick to the faith, to believe God, to have faith, to have hope. Hope is about a preferable future that you believe is going to be achieved. Praise God. Hope couples itself with faith. Through the faith, and the word says, without faith it's impossible to please God. So through the faith and the birthing of hope, I can keep it moving. Amen. Some have had their hope dashed or damaged by life. And so we've not learned how to trust again. So I got to learn how to, you know, through faith and through hope, have delayed gratification. Amen. See, people who achieve great things, they know how to work toward a goal. And they don't have to have everything right now. Some of us want it now. You can't have it now. Why do you think you can have it now, everything now? You can't have everything now. It doesn't happen like that. That's going to be an ebb and flow to life. We get some things and then might have a setback, then we move forward, push forward. You know, life shifts and changes. There's a flow to it. Amen? So don't ever think you're going to have it all now. You got to have a sense of being able to delay and uh, receive gratification from God and the acquisition of things and, you know, building relationships, knowing that God's going to bring what he wants you to have and believe that God has your best interest at heart. People of faith know also how to withstand temptation because when we have trauma and trouble, the temptation is getting stuck there. Let's say it's in relationship with somebody who's offended us or done us wrong, we get stuck in the fight, get stuck in the joust, get stuck in the debate, get stuck in the fuss, the discussion. Amen, somebody. When God wants us to break out of that place, break out of the place where we're jousting with people, break out of the place where we're debating in unfruitful ways with people, break out of the place where malice or hatred or envy or, or jealousy uh, is part of our modus of operation, praise God. He wants us to be able to withstand the temptation. And the temptation is to get caught up in you, where your ego leads. Some say that, that ego is an acrostic for easing God out. It's pride that drives me. So-and-so did me wrong, and I'm driven by this pride and and this, uh, this desire to, to prove them wrong. Amen? We need to live our lives as an audience before one. God is, that, is the one who's purveying, looking into our lives. and We ought to be about pleasing him. If I get too much involved and invested in pleasing other people, now, don't get me wrong, serving God will allow you to have the stamina and the strength and the compassion needed to serve other people. But I won't serve other people just for other people's sake. I'll serve other people for God's sake. Therefore, when I serve them, 
it'll, it'll accrue to my heavenly account. Amen, somebody. And I won't get weary or tired. Because, you know, once people stop saying thank you, much obliged, I appreciate you, you know, then we get tired and say, what happened? What happened to the appreciation? What happened to the love? What happened to the affection? So you're driven by responses of others. Amen. When we ought to be driven by the power of God that motivates and inspires us to be at our best. Amen. Even when other people are at their worst, we don't stop loving. Amen. Because folk don't love us back. We got to keep on loving. Praise God. Now, sometimes it takes an adjustment as far as trust and, you know, reconciliation and reconnection. Amen. But we never stop loving. We can love anybody and everybody, praise God. We can even love, the Word of God says, folk who hate us. Amen. The Word says we can love our enemies. Well, how is that possible? Well, you love them. In other words, you, you commit to doing no harm towards them. You commit to doing no harm towards them. Let me say that again. You commit to doing no harm towards them. The old preacher would say it this way. He would say, you don't put your mouth on them. You don't talk about them. You don't ridicule them. You don't, you don't deface them. You don't devalue them. You don't discount them. You treat them like they're one of God's children. Amen? So I'm cordial and kind. I'm gentle and loving. I'm forgiving and compassionate. Amen? Because you just don't know what has occurred to get this person to this dark place. Amen? And somebody would say, but, but for the grace of God, I could have gone down that road. So why can't we show more mercy and compassion and grace toward others? Amen? So withstanding the temptation and overcoming the fear. Amen, somebody. Overcoming the fear. You know, that's what people do who succeed. You think it's not scary to get out here and do some things and you know, get a job done and step out on faith when you're not quite sure. You may be a little insecure, but you have to overcome insecurities. Amen? And push through the fear and step out on faith. Amen, somebody? What are your priorities? Amen, somebody? You know, a lot of times... We're not committed to doing the most important things first. Amen, somebody. We procrastinate. We put it off. Well, I'll get to this later on. But, but fear, fear will, will keep you stagnant and paralyzed. God wants us to move against the fear, step out on faith, and do the things that need to be done. Say, 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 say just say out in the air, there's some things need to be done. Amen. God, give me the power to do it. Amen. It's some things need to be done. God, give me the power to do it. Amen. Give me the power to be engaged. Give me the power to be active. Give, give me the power to do what needs to be done. Amen. Because the enemy doesn't want you to fulfill your purpose. The, the enemy doesn't want you to get it done. The enemy wants you to be in perpetual procrastination, amen, putting it off, not getting engaged. God wants you to get engaged, amen. So, so press, press, find the gaps, amen. Find the places where I can get in. Yes, some obstacles, but there's always a door open. In Christ, there's always a door open. In Christ, let me say that again, there's always a door open. There's another alternative. There's another opportunity. There's, there's a crack somewhere, uh, you know, breaking open where the light is shining through, even in the midst of the darkness. Amen? So, so, so what, 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 where, is, where is God opening something up? How can I strain forward to the things that lie ahead? Amen? How can I press forward toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God? Amen, somebody. Now, don't get me wrong. The past is valuable. And we can definitely learn from our errors and our mistakes. Amen. And we can also learn 
from the mistakes of others. But then you need to let it go. Somebody say, let it go. I can learn from the past, but I'm not going to get stuck in it. And I'm not going to perpetually just put it on a replay reel so that I can get caught up in a pity party, uh, perpetual complaining, murmuring, uh, uh, groaning, and moaning. You know, amen, somebody. When, a, when another person makes a mistake, I should learn from that as well. I should learn vicariously. I shouldn't have to experience everything. I should see that person's mistake. You know something? They made that mistake. I'm not going to make that mistake. Amen. They did that. I don't have to go down that road. I can learn from others' mistakes as well. Amen. So I learn from what I see. I learn from what I hear. I learn from what I experience. I, work, I learn from what others have seen and have experienced. Praise God. And through it all, I learn also not to be judgmental or condemning toward others, even though they've had some tough times, but to be kind, forgiving, understanding. Amen. The past is just a training ground, but it doesn't have to define you. Amen, somebody. You know, I went the wrong way. You went the wrong way. Well, I, there is such a thing as a next time. Next time. Amen. Next, somebody say, next time. Next time, I'm going to get it right. Next time. I'm going to make the right decision. Next time, I'm going to move in a different direction. Next time, I'm going to see the signs. Next time, I'm going to engage differently. Next time, I'm going to either go faster or slower. Next time, I'm going to look and listen and discern God's will. Amen, somebody. Because the one way that you can, direction you can head where you'll never fail is when you find out which way God is moving and you move with him. Amen. You'll never fail if you find out which way God is moving and you move with him. Amen, somebody. So God wants us uh, to be successful. And he doesn't want us to depend on luck. Amen, somebody. Some of us waiting on good luck. Amen. God got blessings and favor. You ain't got to wait on good luck. Well, I... I'm waiting for my luck to change. Amen. You know, that doesn't sound like a person of faith. You're waiting on your luck to change. Well, I had a little, I had a little run of bad luck. You know, well, you know, and, and, and then you worry and fret. You know, well, you're not taking control of your life. Amen, somebody. In other words, you're saying, Pastor, can we make this happen? Yeah, we can make this happen. Through the power of God engaged in us, with him on our side, we can make it happen. We can will it into existence. Amen? But we got to keep moving and stay strong and stay deliberate and do the next things and make the next steps and, you know, move into this preferable this decisions, amen, that, that will lead toward that better thing happening. That blessed thing happen, happening, that favorable thing occurring. But it's not without action. It's not without the right attitude. And it's not without mental adjustments. Amen. The word, the word of God says, be transformed. I say this all the time. I quote this all the time. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. These, the problems that we see in the world are because minds haven't been renewed. Amen, somebody. A mind stuck on stupid. Amen, somebody. So how do I keep mind focused? Well, number one, I don't spend a whole lot of time, you know, thinking about dealing with stuff that I can't change. Amen, somebody. Uh, did you know one of the things that you can't change is people? God, God can change them. We spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about how somebody else ought to change. Amen. Sometimes when I'm preaching, y'all thinking about somebody else. 
I wish he was, I wish she was here to hear this sermon. <laughs> Amen. This ain't the time to focus on somebody else. Amen. Just, just get somebody else out of your mind. This is for you. Amen, somebody. Say, say, just say to yourself, just affirm this. This is for me. It ain't for nobody else. You can't insert this into somebody's brain, into somebody's psyche. You can't insert better judgment, better attitudes, better choices, better behavior in somebody else's mind. Now, you can model it for them. You can be it for them. You can bless them, and you can, you can love them, but you can't make it happen. So why do we spend so much time thinking about how somebody needs that? My boss of mine, he sure need to change. Supervisor getting on my last nerve. And we see all their flaws and, you know, and we, and we just get obsessed with how they are. You know, they need to be better managers. They need to be better people person. They need to be better this. They need to do better this. No, uh-uh. You, 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 you. Look at you. Think about you. You can't do nothing with them. Amen, somebody. All you can do is change your responses to them. All you can do is pray for them. All you can do is pray for an opportunity to encourage them or instruct them and guide them if they're receptive to that. They may not ever be receptive to some instruction, to some guidance. And even for your, for your, just for your own benefit, even if you receive instruction and guidance, you got to be receptive to it. We'd have meant to have taught all kind of stuff we still ain't doing. Amen, somebody. You got to have a will to do it. So, so just because you know better don't mean you're going to do better. You got to know better and do better, and you need the power of God to do better. Amen, somebody. So we need to ask God, God, how do I, how do I let some stuff go that I can't change? Matthew 18, 18, truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. I'm talking about what you bind in you, what you loose in you. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. All your ways, acknowledge him. He will make straight your paths. He will direct your path, praise God. So who do we trust in? That's a question. Who do we trust in? Why so timid about it? Who do we trust in? God through who? Jesus Christ. My trust is in Jesus. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. The all-knowing one, praise God. The ever-present one, the omnipotent one, the all-powerful one, Jesus. My trust, our trust, has to be in him. Amen. So we put too much, too much stock in folk. And mental strength is like a muscle. Amen. No one has unlimited mental strength. Amen. That's why minds crack sometimes. That's why nervous breakdowns happen. We don't have unlimited mental strength. Amen. And so if you waste mental activity, you know, you ain't got enough time for the stuff that really matters. Amen, somebody. And you don't have enough mental capacity to be processing all the problems of the world. Amen, somebody. You got about enough to handle yours. <laughs> and if you handle your side of the equation, life will be better and you'll make a stronger impact. Amen, somebody. Politics are all okay, but I ain't going to be worried about what they're doing down there in Washington, D.C. I ain't got enough mental power to just grasp all of that and manage all of that. I can't spend all my time on MSNBC and uh, what's the other one? Uh, CBN, uh, TBN, I don't know. I done forgot the other letters. Fox. You know, you're getting all this mental energy 
in the political disarray, in the confusion, in the disruption, in the poor choices, as if the government going to save you. The government ain't never saved you. The, the, uh, the civil rights activists used to say, uh, the Republicans take us and the Democrats take us for granted. <laughs> Amen? In other, words, <laughs> in other words, you know, it's no salvation, no deliverance. You need to take care of your part of the wall. You know, Nehemiah, great reformer, great builder, you know, he came to the, to, to, to the rescue of the children of Israel when everything was dis in disarray. The, 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 the walls had been torn down and demolished from attacks from enemies and burned down and blown up. Amen, somebody. They're, they're now getting back to their home line, land. They're building their homes. They're, they're in their homes. They're occupying, but they still don't have walls to protect them from the encroachment of enemies. And Nehemiah had this brilliant strategy. His look, I want you to build a wall that's in front of your house. Brilliant strategy. You know, don't be trying to build a wall way down the road, you know, a mile down the road, you know, 10 miles down the road, 25 miles down the road, 1,000 miles down. Don't be trying to build a, build a wall in front of your house. Amen? Make, make your house strong. Make your mind strong. Make your heart strong. Make your spirit strong. Praise God. Develop where you are. Praise God. Develop your faith. Develop the people in your spirit of influence. Make an impact where you are. Amen. So uh, the old country preachers would say, stop, stop squatting here looking over there. Squat here and look here. Amen. Does that make the, make the point? So I'm going to vote. That's my contribution to politics. Amen, somebody. And if God gives me a voice, I'm going to try to be an influential voice. That's if God gives me a voice. As a pastor and as a, a you know, kind of advocate, I get that chance every now, now and then to speak truth to power. Amen. Do you? Do you get, many of y'all get very many opportunities? Some of y'all do. Some of y'all opinion leaders and, you know, in places where you can strategically make a difference. But guess what the, the rest of us are supposed to be doing? Cooling out. <laughs> Enjoying life. Building the wall in front of us. But the world comes to us on these television screens and we get numb to evil and enemies and problems and we get obsessed with stuff that we can't even affect or influence. Amen. Some folks can sit there in the front of the idiot box all day long watching something they can't even influence. <laughs> and the grandchildren and the children running buck wild. You can influence them jokers. <laughs> That's who you need to get hope to. Have some conviction about. That, that's who you need to instruct and guide and lead and prompt and prod and invest in. Don't get derailed by the world. The world will take you on a roller coaster ride. Amen. And then, I, again, your brain ain't big enough. Amen. Uh, you know, you don't have enough capacity to solve all the problems of the world. Amen. So I'm going to vote. I can't, I can't affect global warming. Amen, somebody. Climate change. Some folk worried about climate change. I'm so worried about climate change. I'm so worried about climate change. We're going to burn up one day. Look, we ain't burning up today. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. If we burn up one day, I hopefully I'm going to heaven by that time. This thing, got, <laughs> this thing got an expiration date on it. <laughs> Whether re realized or not, there will be an end to the world. Amen. We're going to do our best to take care of our corner of the world. Maybe reduce your carbon footprint. Amen. You can do a few things, but you can't do everything. 
I'm just giving illustrations about the things we want to change. We want to change people. Build the wall in front of your house. Amen, somebody. Build up you spiritually, intellectually. Uh, amen. Grow you, praise God. And when you grow you, God will increase your influence, your, your, your capacity to influence others on his behalf. But if you stay weak, if you stay still, if you're not getting stronger, if you're not maturing in the faith, if you're not becoming biblically literate, how can you make a difference for the kingdom of God when God put us here to make a difference on his behalf, to work on the souls and hearts and minds and spirits of the people that are within our sphere of influence? Amen, somebody. And so we need to exercise some due diligence. Some of us have become, uh, you know, a prognosticators and pontificators. You know, we know about all the political ins and outs, all the economic ins and outs, you know, but we don't have a savings account. <laughs> we ain't investing in nothing. Amen. And can't hold, don't hardly know how to pay our own bills. Have mercy, Lord. Amen. If you can't say amen, say ouch. <laughs> ouch. Amen. I ain't talking about nobody. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. <laughs> you need to take care of your business. Amen. You should have some money in the bank. Did you hear me? Or what did that hurt? You should have some money in the bank. Even if you got to save $10 a week, save something. Don't be on E all the time, because rough times are coming. Are you ready for the rough times? Do you have reserves? Do you have, what, what are you doing to be diligent about what God has given you? God wants you to build the wall that's in front of you. Amen. Don't resent other people's success. Amen. It's a waste of time. Amen. What does the Word of God say? Let's see what the Word of God says. Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. I'm talking about taking care of your mind, the, the mental energy that we need to do God's will. Praise God. There ought to be a collective expression of joy when people are blessed by people of faith. You know, but the culture doesn't go in that direction. You know, who are some of the leading teams out here that's getting ready to go into March Madness? You know, Duke and who else? North Carolina. Well, who else is on the top of the food chain in the basketball world? The Gonzaga. Okay. So one of those teams is going to win, right? One of them going to lose. Amen. And then somebody who ain't even played the game, they're going to exclaim, our team, we won. We won. Now, you didn't, you didn't dunk no ball. You didn't shoot no threes. You know, you didn't cross nobody over. Amen, somebody. But we won. I won. And guess what somebody else is going to say? They're going to say, we lost. It's an us against them mindset in the world. Amen, somebody. That's the mindset of our culture. Us against them. Amen. The Lakers against the Knickerbockers. You know, the, 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 that's the old school. <laughs> Real old school. I just, I, just, I just showed my age. Don't nobody even say Bockers. They just say Knicks now. Forgive me, young people. <laughs> so, so it's this competitive environment. Can I get a witness in the house? It's us against them. We won, they lost. They lost, we won. Amen? How come we can't be happy about the victors? That's what we're called to be. We're called to be happy when people win. We're called to be happy when people progress. We're called to be happy when people are elevated. We're called to be happy, praise God, to rejoice with those who rejoice. So some folk having a party out after the, the, the a victory celebration because of the championship, others are crying and turning over cars. Amen, somebody. They're riding out there in the streets because their team lost. Amen. 
What about God's team? Aren't we called to be about God's business? So God has called us to celebrate with those who celebrate, to be sad when others are sad. Amen. To have empathy, to have compassion, to, to evidence love, praise God, to be the kind of fan of the progress of God, to not get depressed like the rest of the world when we can't get our way. Amen, somebody. Man, I tell you, human nature is a mess. It's hard for us to take joy and success when it happens in other people. We think that their success comes at our expense. Amen, somebody. What God got for you, he got for you. You know, you, you can be an advocate for somebody else. You can congratulate somebody else. You can promote somebody else. That's what God calls us to. It makes you look like the bigger person if you're able to bless and congratulate and applaud somebody else. Amen. You are the bigger person. And people admire folk who can get jealousy and envy out of the way. Praise God. Pe people are advanced when, when they can applaud others, when they can be happy about the success of others. Coworkers and family members get promoted. Somebody may have even got it promoted in your estimation at your expense. That's, that was my job. That was, that was my promotion. They want to get promoted too. Amen, somebody. Somebody else made that decision. They, you might feel like it's wrong, but we need to still celebrate the prosperous when other people prosper, praise God, and be joyful. Somebody said, well, that's how I'm going to do that. I can't, it's hard. Well, that's what prayer life does. That's what study of the Word of God does. That's what worshiping God in spirit and in truth does. That's what talking to spiritual advisors and counselors, counselors provide for us. It provides us the ability to overcome our human nature. Praise God. So that when things are not going particularly well for us, we're not down in the dumps. We can celebrate other people's victories. I've, had, I've said this before. If you find ways to celebrate others, you'll have more joy in your life. Amen, somebody. Because because you'll have more joy in your life because you can celebrate somebody else's achievement and not be envious or jealous of somebody else. That's just going to send you into a tailspin and you're down in the dumps. God doesn't want us down in the dumps. He wants us to have joy about others. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house? So we need to enter into this joy for others. You need to enter into uh, desiring good things for others. And we need to come out of the cauldron of despair being grumpy, grumpy and murmuring and disputing. Philippians 2.14 says this way, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Amen. You're saying the spirit of the world is, is, uh, is, this, is against this healthy banter. I'm just, I'm just participating in this healthy debate, healthy banter. I'm, I'm not, argu argumentation is good according to the world. Just, let's, that's what they do in Congress. They argue, you know, and you fight your, fighting for your opinion, you fighting for theirs, and we fight. That's what life is all about, right? Isn't life about fighting? Is life about fighting? Amen. Do we have to fight? Do we have to fight? Yeah, we got to fight, but we fight against something. We fight against principalities and powers, praise God. We fight against the enemy in the spirit of the air. We, we don't fight people per se. Now, you can disagree without being disagreeable, praise God. So I'm talking more so about disposition, demeanor, temperament, attitude when we engage with people than anything else. And people pick up on our spirits, and those spirits either enhance what God is trying to do through us, or they subtract from and detract from what God is trying to do through us. Amen? Can I get a witness in the house? So do I have the right attitude? Do I have the right temperament? Do I have the right disposition and demeanor in my engaging with other people? Am I loving and compassionate and gentle and kind in how I, in how I engage with other people? Even when there is a disagreement, can I be loving and gentle? Can I be meek? Meekness is not a weakness. Meekness is power under control. Amen? You're more powerful than you're weak if you're meek, praise God. You're more powerful because you have self-control. Amen? You know, you get huffy, puffy, you know, cantankerous, 
irritated, agitated, frustrated, you know, argumentative. That, that doesn't show strength. That shows weakness. So say, God, infiltrate me, saturate me with meekness. Give me a humility where I don't have to crush anybody else to make my point. I can gently and lovingly argue my point, praise God, or, or express my disagreement. I can do it in love, praise God. 1 Samuel 30 and 6, and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. Amen. Because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David, guess what it says? He said, he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He encouraged himself. That's another layer of spiritual maturity when I can encourage myself. That means me, God, and me. That I can, I know how to build myself up. I know how to be a blessing to myself. I know how to encourage myself. I, I don't need that from somebody else. I don't need somebody to necessarily respect me. Because when, when respect happens organically, it's a great thing, but it doesn't, sometimes it's never gonna happen from some people. So it's a false expectation to think you're gonna get respect from everybody. Amen, somebody. Some people just ain't gonna like you just because. They don't like the way you look. They don't like the way you talk. You remind them of a friend, a family member, a coworker, a former student, a, a, you know, a teacher, a coach, and you're like, oh, man, I didn't like him or her. And they remind me of him or her. So we, we start off behind the eight ball. But God says that we can encourage ourselves. Amen. So here it is. I got to get my, my mind together. I got to get my heart together. I got I to gotta ask God to give me power to celebrate the successes of others. I got to ask God to help me never stoop to complaining, criticizing, or whining. Praise God. I got to ask God to give me power to speak truth and love even to myself. I got to ask God not to waste time and kind of justify and explain and, and myself. I got to have the mental energy to change my heart, my mind, my trajectory, tra trajectory, praise God. I got to ask God to help me to have the power to do better and to be better. Amen. To do the right thing towards friends and colleagues and neighbors and associates. And, you know, I, 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 I got I to do it because the power of God is on me. Don't focus on others. Only try to impress yourself. Did you hear me? You know, too often we live our lives trying to impress other people. Did, I, did you hear me? I said, what you ought to do is try to impress yourself. I'm impressed with me. You know, can, you, can, you, can yourself congratulate you? You know, you, you ought to be also uh, unimpressed with yourself. Amen. You ought to be impressed with yourself when you meet God's standards. Amen. And how you interact with people, being loving and kind, have evidence and self-control, praise God. You know, impress yourself. Amen. Because, you know, what we usually try to do is impress people with our clothes, with our, you know, possessions, with our vehicle emblems, with our titles, and with our accomplishments. You know. And guess what? People may be in, impressed with the stuff you got, and they still may not be impressed with you. Did you hear me? They can be impressed with the car you drive. They can be impressed with the degree you've earned. They can be impressed, impressed with the accomplishments, and they can be impressed with the possessions. They can be impressed with all of that, and they're still not liking you. You know, so, so, so things and stuff and things is not what we should revolve our lives around in order to abstain, obtain, you know, esteem from others. Amen? Because that does, that's not what gives us esteem from others. It's our ability to love and show compassion is what gains esteem from others. Our ability to represent Christ in all circumstances and situations, that's what gives us esteem, these, these inconsequential, these superficial things, these, these accessories to who we really are, they don't really gain us esteem. Amen. You can have all the money in the world, you can still be an old cantankerous person. Amen. That people have disdain and contempt for. Amen. But God wants us to, to, to represent Him in our temperaments and our attitudes. 
and uh, constantly revisit what he wants to do through you and I. Say, God, give me a vision of what you want to do through me. Clarify it for me. Don't allow it to be ambiguous, unclear, in the name of Jesus. Give me a clear vision of who you want me to come, become and what you want me to do on your behalf and help me move toward that long-term goal of achieving the best me for you. Achieving the best me for you. Achieving the best me for you. Amen, somebody. So I won't be mentally fatigued or, you know. And so draw a picture for me, Lord. Amen. I've heard of people drawing pictures, you know. They put uh, the bank note on the refrigerator and say, say, listen, let me say focus on liquidating this debt. Amen. They put a picture of themselves looking better. Amen, somebody. Let me, let me stay focused on looking better. Amen, somebody. You know, they put a picture of their families, friends. You know, let me stay focused on this is why I'm working. Amen, somebody. I'm working for them. I'm working to, 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 to do better by my loved ones and friends. Amen, somebody. So I'm not giving in to the impulses of life. I stay focused. I press forward. I rework my environment so it helps me to press forward. I change the atmosphere so it helps me to press forward. I become a prayer warrior so it helps me to press forward. Praise God. Push through all the minutiae in life and stay focused on the things of God. Amen. For me. You know, if I get obsessed with social media, Lord, let me come off of it. Amen. I'm spending an inordinate amount of time doing this. Amen. Just looking through. Lord, stay, help me to recalibrate, refocus my life, my heart, my mind on the things that you would have me to achieve. And help me to achieve also, lastly, contentment. Won't you stand all over the house? Well, how do I achieve a contentment? Well, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I skipped a couple of scriptures, but bless the Lord. That's how you get contentment. You say, how you bless the Lord? I count my blessings. I count my blessings, praise God. I count my blessings. That's how I get contentment. I count my blessings. Are you good at that yet? You should become very good at counting your blessings. What has God provided? What has God done? List it and thank him. List it and thank him. Thank him again. Listen and thank him again and again and again. List him and show appreciation and, 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 and gratitude for what he's done. Count your blessings. Count them, the song said, Count them one by one, praise God. Go in to how God is blessed. Go in. Be creative in thinking about how God blessed you. Go, go in. Be historic in thinking about how God has blessed you. Be present, praise God, in thinking about how God has blessed you. And then you come out of the pity party, the complaining, the murmuring, praise God, because you're thankful. You're thankful and appreciative and grateful for what God has done, praise God. And I can push forward a preferable future because I know God's already done it. That means he's going to do it. God's already done it. That means he can do it again. God's already blessed. That means he can bless me again. God's already made uh, opportunities and open doors and he can open doors and open up opportunities again. God can do it again because God is changeless. God is fearless. God is love. God is compassion. God is God, thanks for what he's done and for what he's doing. I want to invite somebody to make a decision today to step out on faith, to come forward in his name, to let God have his way in your life. Maybe you're new in a community looking to connect to the family, the fold, the body of Christ. 
the church of Jesus Christ. We're one of, we're one of those outlets where the kingdom is being realized and exercised to the glory of Almighty God. And we want to invite somebody today to make a decision for him. To step out on faith, to say, here I am, Lord. You don't have to feel a certain way. You just move out, make a choice, and let it move with you. Thank you. 